Hey, everybody. Welcome to the All Over Overland podcast. My name is Michael, and I've got a buddy, Tyler, with Independence Overland. How are you doing, man? Oh, I'm doing so good. How are you? I'm doing great. So uh, right now, this this will... We're recording, so this will this is being recorded, and this will come out, you know, maybe in a week or two. Um, but I'm interested to see how your recent set of videos, where you're chasing after some lizard animal or something in the <laughs> desert, goes. You're always trying to find some animal, and you never tell us what it is. So the whole time, I'm just trying to guess. Um, well, this I one, I this one. Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, I learned my lesson from the last one because I didn't share what it was and people were very mad at me about it. So this <laughs> the whole one, time, like not even yeah. at the end. Yeah. Yeah. And so, cause I wanted to do like an extension piece and kind of make those that are interested, um, excited about the next one, but that didn't work as yeah. well as I thought because people were like, boo. <laughs> so, so anyway, so I did share that we're looking for the Chuckwalla lizard in, in this video. And the reason I'm so excited about it is because it's, it's an iguana. It's actually a family or it's in the iguana family. And I honestly didn't know they lived in the United States. And so uh, they're, they're a really cool lizard because they right on. have a unique feature where when a predator comes after them, they'll go into the rocks and they huff air and they basically inflate themselves like a balloon. And so uh, it's it's a rare uh, it's a rare thing that animals do. So anyway, I got very excited about them, and that keeps them from getting eaten. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So okay. uh, whenever yeah. they do that, because their scales are basically working like sandpaper in between the sandstone. Uh, so once something tries to them. grab it, they can't get them out. Yeah. It's kind of a neat. Okay. Uh, evolution is cool, man. It is pretty cool. So um, yeah, we're not going to give away if you find the animal because you're like you're like editing the last is it the last part you're editing currently yep should be out sunday okay, cool. uh, and it should be right out on. by the time this airs oh yeah yeah it'll be out because this i'm i'm doing the slower route this time so before <laughs> sure. it was like right as we're going it's getting out there this yeah. time uh we're gonna we're gonna slow that down just a little bit hey i've got a question for you that is based on recent social media and tiktoks and you see him on shorts the, all the time. So I don't know if your wife has asked you this question, but how often do you think about the Roman Empire? Oh, I, I heard about this recently. Um, Yeah, never. <laughs> like very rarely. Really? No, I don't. That's not. That's not in my brain. You look like a Roman Empire kind of dude. So I just kind of <laughs> thought that this was like, oh, dude, I think about it all the time. Um, So I realized I started laughing once all these women are asking their husbands and they're saying like, I don't know, three times a week. One guy's like once a day, several times a day. And, and I thought, okay, that's a little, a, a, that's a little much. Cause I was trying to think, how often do I think about it? And I'm like, well, I mean, the call scene gets brought up in conversations with, uh, quite uh, often with me and just kind of different things. And I was like, I guess I listen or I think about it often. And, uh, and then one of the guys that was, talking in the video said the reason why he thinks about it all the time is because plumbing. And so I was like, okay, so if you want to do it that way, I don't know that I'm thinking about it all the time. Right. But I am because we still yeah. use a lot of the things that they come up, came up with in the, the Roman empire. And then I heard something funny that if uh, the Roman soldiers had night vision, they would have taken over the world in record time. Yeah. I, like, I mean, yeah, that's if fair. They had a pistol. They would have too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, totally. I definitely. Fair. Yeah, I think I think about maybe Egypt, uh, maybe Sumer, Native Americans. I think I think about that stuff far more often. 
Gotcha. A little closer. Well, yeah. Frame. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. 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 I get it. Um, so there's a new vehicle that's coming out that everybody's getting really, really excited. And it's not just the new Tacoma, which is going to be pretty cool. But that Land Cruiser, man, what do you think? I think it is so cool. That's I I know there's so many people that are opposed to it because of the engine. That's the biggest, that's the biggest thing holding people back is like four cylinder engine and a hybrid is mandatory. I'm not doing it. I think mm -hmm. it's really cool technology. Um, myself, I've done a lot of research into that engine because I've done several videos on these vehicles, but um, it's, they did some cool stuff. Like a lot of people are basing, oh, it's not going to be reliable based off of the Tundra, but the Tundra had electronic wastegates and it's got a lot, it's got dual uh, radiators, I believe, because it has one for the hybrid system and it has it has a lot going on as the the new powertrain in these four cylinders it has a vacuum driven wastegate system it's an industrial uh the turbo is industrial grade toyota's industrial grade the water pump is something that's normally only reserved for like the v8s and stuff like that and the hybrid system is i mean toyota's been doing hybrids longer than anybody and it's recently been published that yeah. these are more reliable than a gasoline engine and that, and so people are going to have their own opinions on that stuff but Anyway, I think it is very exciting to see this stuff. And I think it's just a cool looking vehicle. Um, you know, dude, that course, rendering I sent you. Oh, yeah. Like the white one I sent you was so uh, cool. So uh, cool. Yeah. Yeah. If they, if I can build one like that, then sign me up. I'll go Toyota. And then there's a two door that's going to be coming out, too, which is pretty much confirmed at this point. Uh, the rumors are coming out. Is it going to be shorter wheelbase or, or is it going to yeah, be the it'll same? Be, it'll be a shorter wheelbase because... Um, it's no longer being called the Prado across the world. Um, it's been, it's been renamed as the Land Cruiser 250 underneath the 300 series. And so, uh, when they did the unveiling, they showed like a, a smaller rendering in the back of a smaller Land Cruiser. And now out of Japan, there's all these rumors that are, they're pretty much confirmed rumors by very reliable sources that, uh, right. there will be another vehicle coming And the old Prado, as it was called overseas here, it's always been the Lexus GX. But overseas, there was a two-door Prado all along. And so it makes sense that they're mm -hmm. going to basically just redo the same thing, sell to those markets, and now there's going to be a smaller land cruiser. So that's exciting. So it should be something. So, I mean, that's cool. But how applicable is that to overlanding? Yeah, it's as a tough one. Like, I mean, space. That's why the four-door Jeep makes sense for their mm -hmm. whole market. And the two-door Jeeps are still there. But families do the four-door jeeps you know it's really just it's really just girls that want a convertible four-wheel drive get the two-door jeeps <laughs> yeah everybody else gets a four-door because us guys we want to put more stuff in it and we want a little mm -hmm. bit more length um for for uh for off-roading but yeah 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 i think I a two-door would be awesome but it depends on what you're going to use it for i guess yeah i think it'd be it'll be cool to see I wouldn't have any interest in something like that because with the FJ, mm -hmm. it's it's too small of a view. It's it's not too small of a vehicle for overlanding for the way we do it in the United States. But when you add a bunch of camera gear to the mix, it's no longer working very good. And so, uh, yeah, that's the only thing we could get away with it. My my camera gear takes up half of the back, basically. So, yeah. um, anyway, but try this new Land Cruiser is even smaller. Try yeah, tripods, Pelican cases, the gimbals, the all of it, man. You know, yeah. you know, the do drill. you take lights with you at all? I take like a little small, 
I take a little small uh, square aperture light and then I have like a loom cube, but that's all I rely on. Okay. And then everything else I rely on is going to be my awning lights or the lights on the rear of it, or I've got like a little hardcore light. That's like a little magnetic thing. But um, mm -hmm. I try, I don't have space for that. And I know I just won't use it. It's like my gimbal. I'm really bad about using my gimbal on when I'm doing it. It's just, man, I've tried to, I've tried to like, you get that shot and you're like, shit, I wish I used my gimbal. Yeah. The thing is, is yeah. like, if you, if you use on the modern Sony cameras, if you use the built-in stabilization, it's pretty good. And I like to do uh -huh. mostly tripod stuff, but, um, yeah. and if you shoot in slow motion, 120 frames a second, and as long as you're careful, you can really correct that in post to where people can't see the jitters. So I try to get away with it like that. And don't get me wrong. I love the gimbal thing. But the gimbal with the camera on it doesn't work well in the passenger seat. Or if Natalie is with me, it doesn't work. I, I don't have anywhere to put the thing. The new vehicle yeah. will address that. Uh, but um, so like anyway. my gimbal, my gimbal's hard. If I like look at something over there and I want to look at something real fast, it's like that slow panning. And then you got to like, you got to like, I got to mess with the gimbal handle a little bit to get it to move over that way. It's yeah. a pain. So. <laughs> But mine's a little older. I probably just need to update that. Have you have you had a chance to look at the new GoPro 12? Oh, yes, I did. I, I, I recently bought the 11. I almost bought the 12. And then I decided to hold off just because people were saying there's there's some differences. Like I liked it as log footage because that's one of the biggest challenges yeah. on this current edit that I'm doing is the coloring from the native GoPro white balance is driving me crazy. But um. Anyway, I, I had some issues with that. So anybody that sees my video that's coming out on uh, the, this creature hunt, I'm well aware that there's some shaky footage in this GoPro. It was doing some weird stuff. I've corrected it, but but it's it's going to be a video where I'm just like, I got all this GoPro footage and I have to use it for the video and it looks yeah. not very good. And so uh, anyway, but for you, because I saw that you got the, the Hero 12, I would highly recommend um, shooting in, in their log and trying their uh their LUT for that their built-in or their new GoPro official LUT because that does save a lot of time. Yeah, it definitely is gonna help uh color correction and color vibrance and a yeah. lot of things um that GoPros had an issue with it. So funny thing about that GoPro is that I didn't buy it. My boss bought it. Oh yeah, cool. And he's like, you can use it whenever you need to. So I started doing some videos for the Facebook page for Northwood Buildings, the company I work for. And it's just like, hey, come check out our sheds, blah, blah, blah. And I was doing it with my phone. And I mentioned the the GoPro 12. I was like, you know, the GoPro 12 looks pretty cool. I like the the 360, whatever that is. Um, I can't remember the Insta name. Insta 360. Yeah, I like that. And he goes, well, I've had both of those. They're pretty good. And he talks like that. So I hope he's not hearing this. <laughs> <laughs> Dale, I'm sorry. Um, anyway, so he was like, and so I came in one day and I know he sent me a message. I think that night after we had the conversation about the different cameras and he was like, the company just bought a uh, GoPro 12. And he goes, I guess if you're going to do videos for me, maybe I should supply a camera. Cool, man. All right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Can't complain about that. That's awesome. So yeah, I've been able to play with the uh, GoPro 12 and I'm looking forward to uh, to doing some B-roll and stuff like that. But he got the media pack, so it's got the case that has the microphone thing on it and stuff. Yep. So I use that thing all I the time. I don't know. Yeah, yeah and I'll have for, to... for... 
sorry. Go I was ahead. just going to say for yeah, anybody yeah. that might be interested in doing like filming their stuff. I did a video a long time ago when I was first starting the channel about the GoPro. I think it was the nine at the time. They're such a good like beginner thing for doing adventure videos. And these new ones, they've got like the star trail built in. Uh, they You can set them up next to your vehicle and it'll turn on at seven o'clock or five o'clock in the morning and get the sunset. So you don't even have to get out of your yeah. tent. They do some cool stuff. Yeah, it's there's way more to it than than I probably can will ever use, <laughs> you know, kind of one of those things. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, but yeah, pretty excited about that. Um, so you've got you've got this uh, monster movie coming out our monster show monster episode. What is around the corner? So do you have some more stuff you're editing or a, another trip that you're going after? Yeah, so I have um, this video is it ended at the very beginning of June. And then I have two weeks of travel through the Pacific Northwest that I haven't edited yet. I've got a ton of Colorado stuff that I haven't edited yet. We're going on a trip in two weeks. It's going to be so cool. So I'm doing I'm doing a Halloween episode, kind of like I did with the, I don't know if you saw my Sedona video, but I'm doing another yeah. one like that. I've been talking to a night vision company. They're gonna they're gonna loan me some super high end night vision goggles for this video. I've got an ordered uh, I ordered a thing for my, attaching my phone to it, so this time I can actually show people what we're seeing. And we're going somewhere that I don't want to talk about yet, but it is gonna be it's gonna be a really cool. It'll terrify children. I'm just gonna say that right now. It is a very it is a terrifying place. But uh, me and Natalie are gonna go and we're gonna do a really cool video. And um, anyway, I'm looking forward to that. And we're going to go film that like two weeks and I'm going to have that out in time for Halloween. So very excited oh, about that. Perfect. But, but I can't. Perfect. Sorry, I can't really talk about it that much yet. Oh, no, it's totally fine. It's one of those things. You got to keep it close until. Yep. Bam. Then bam it's going to be a good one. Bam. Um, <laughs> very cool. Very cool. I'm excited about that. I'm like, I love watching your videos, man. I thank uh, you. I think that uh, I saw someone posted something about like, I love the wholesome exploring, you know, kind of thing that you've got going on with your videos. And I've got to agree with him. I, I, I think that you're doing a great job and, Thanks, uh, and I can't, I can't wait to see, you know, what's coming up this summer, what's coming up next summer. Like just keep following that momentum that you've got going. Uh, it's pretty amazing. So uh, I need to get you to Alaska though. Yep. That's the goal. So part of uh, what we were talking about before we started rolling um, in the future, if I can ever do this professionally, I do plan. I have a really cool idea for a documentary that I want to shoot. Well, it'll be it won't be a documentary on overlanding and it won't be uh, but it will include it and it'll have typical video yeah. like seeing the four wheel drives going places. But there's something very interesting that I would like to explore and it would involve going your way and all across the United States. And so uh, anyway, we'll see what happens with that. But I do have plans for that and we'll see what happens in the future. I think I think it's actually going to eventually work out. But, you know, you got to be patient with stuff. But um, eventually yeah. I will make my way up there. Are you into way dinosaurs way and stuff like that at all? Um, Yeah, to an extent, like not as much as you might imagine since I'm into reptiles like quite a bit. I like seeing mm -hmm. I love going to Utah and seeing like the footprints and um, I like I'm very interested in like the boneyard in Alaska where they're pulling all. These yeah. That's what I was going for. Yeah. That stuff is super cool. That, that whole thing is so cool. Like that's, I'm into that, but I'm not necessarily yeah. like a dinosaur dork or anything like that. Yeah. My daughter is, but like, I'm, she knows all the dinosaurs. I don't know any of them. Yeah. You know, I know the scary ones from, you know, Jurassic world or whatever. Right. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> I didn't even know what a uh, what a raptor was. The I can't even think of. The oh, name really? Of it. The Velociraptor. The Velociraptor. I didn't know. I had no clue. No clue. Huh. You know, for me growing up, it was just the T Rex. Like you got the yeah. T Rex, and that's all you little really worried about. You know, that was the only <laughs> scary one that you knew about. Everything else, like even the the Triceratops, kind of looked nice. Like yeah. it seems like he's nice. Like you go up probably and like a hippo. Hug. Yeah, it's probably yeah. like a hippo. Like, just like, they... like a hippo. Yeah. Just cuddly <laughs> like a hippo. Go pet a hippo. Kiss him on his nose. I'm sure he'll love it. He'll ram you. He'll ram the hell out of you. It's so funny to me that a gorilla is way more tolerant than a hippo. Yeah, that's a that's a fair. Yeah, they'll do more of a like a bluff charge sort of a thing. And a gorilla well, is a even, vegetarian. Even as in well. the wild, like people people go hang out with the gorillas in the wild. You know, yeah. after a while, they kind of accept them and if you've seen chip nation on uh netflix like they had a rule to stay i think 10 feet 15 feet or something like that and if they if the chimp came to them they backed off a little bit so they've been they've been researching chimps for 15 20 years in that area so um or longer yeah but anyway they're more tolerant dude diabolical <laughs> little thinkers and when they get older they rip your face off and your fingers off and grab and eight times and take it pound off. for pound they're eight times the strength of a man so if it had the yeah. same now yeah it's crazy i'd love to have one in the trunk oh the did trunk you ever monkey. see those monkey in the trunk, <laughs> trunk monkey? i did that's a good throwback there push the button <laughs> yep that's before memes were memes the good old days yeah yeah my buddy zach uh, always said that if one of us won the lottery, that we wouldn't have guard dogs, we would have uh, chimpanzees. Yeah, that would do, that roaming would do the it. property, just <laughs> roaming the property. And if anybody came on the property, they were done. So I think that's kind of fun myself. <laughs> but uh, so you got to hang out with, uh, you got to camp with Lee. What that, what I was did. that experience like? Did he cook for you? Uh, yes, he did. He made some pizzas, and then um, I got to cook one of my. So I'm not a good cook at home, but whenever I go into the forest, all of a sudden I know how to cook. She gives me crap about it because she's just like, but she loves it, you know. But anyway, I made him some of these chicken tacos that I make a lot. And it's kind of like a, it's made on like non uh, bread, pita bread. And then it's got chicken and all this stuff on it. Anyway, yeah, we had a good time. It was, it was stormy. Um, Uh It was kind of like a, it was kind of like a, because of the weather, it was almost like a low energy kind of weekend. So we just kind of hung out. I intended on filming that weekend. And then when I got there, I was just like, I don't, I just want to hang out and talk and stuff. So anyway, I just put the camera down for the weekend and um, yeah, we had, we had a good time. It was cool seeing his truck and how he's building it and seeing, uh, hearing about all of his ideas and where he's going with it and stuff. It was cool. Yeah. It's wicked. Cool. That's the Lee effect though. It seems like every time him and I hung out and went and did a trip, it was like, we never got the cameras out. Oh really? You you just, you just kind of like, like you just kind of hang out. And and you had to like remind yourself. And then whenever I don't go with him, I got the camera with me the whole freaking time. Like all I'm doing is videoing. But with him, I don't know if it's just because I didn't want his ugly face on my videos or what it was. But anyway, kiddingly, love you to death. <laughs> yeah, I might try to. I'd filmed the night before all morning long because there ended up being some issues on my side trying to find where he was because service and uh, Onyx forgot where I was going and stuff. But um. Anyway, I'd done tons of filming. As soon as I rolled into camp, I even filmed me rolling into camp. And then it was just like, I don't want to do this anymore. I just want to. Yeah. I don't know. That's unlike me. I'm usually very much on top of it. But no, nah, it's just Lee. 
sucks all the fun out of everything. So you're just like, I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> it's all Lee's fault. Hashtag it's all Lee's fault. We'll still be using that all the time. Yeah. I like I like um, blaming it so on him when, rather than me. Yeah, well. Up here, I've got bears. Where you at, you have bears. Right. You so, got the mean bears. Are mine meaner than yours? You don't have you don't have any grizzlies at all? Nope. There's there's a few people. There's one hunter that has claimed he's seen one and he's like world renowned, sponsored by Under Armour. He swears that he ran into a grizzly in the San Juan Mountains way up there. But uh, aside from that, I don't think there's any grizzlies here. Like there might be a few just spread out, but it's not a big problem. Well, and there are some bland, brown bears that that for whatever reason have more of a golden uh, coat to them. So yeah. he could have been confused. It could have been a brown bear that just had that golden coat. Yeah, we saw it's, one. It's by the hump in their not, back, you can really identify them. Yeah. We saw one the other day that he had where the hump should be. He, mm-hmm. he was a black bear, but he had kind of a golden uh, spot right there. So, oh, that's cool. Um, it could get kind of confusing, I guess. But yeah, yeah, we've got them all. So we've got more black bear than we do grizzlies, but we got a ton of grizzlies. Um, when you're cooking, since we were just talking about cooking, what precautions, cause I'm, this is my research. What precautions are you taking when you cook? Like, are you cooking by your vehicle or are you cooking away from the vehicle? And then be honest, how, how clean are you before you go to bed? So I'm actually very clean about before I go to bed with the exception okay. of there's always a trash bag on my spare tire that has stuff in it. I roll, I roll the bag down, but that's all I do. Um, okay. when I cook, I'm pretty good about, um, like if I have, if I cook something in a pan, I'll, I'll basically pour, pour water in there, clean it up. And I dump that water into the fire pit. If, if there's a fire pit sort of a thing, um, I never, I never dump something that's direct scented by the vehicle. I always put the dog's yeah. water away, the dog's food bowl away. Cause the, even the water dish supposedly can attract them. And then, huh. um, all of my food boxes go back in, into the FJ and then uh, obviously the the refrigerator with its seals and being inside the vehicle closed up. I've yeah. never had a problem. The only time I've ever had a problem was when I was backpacking. And uh, that's a whole different story, but I've never had problems with bears. Right on. Yeah, yeah. I don't think that I will. I don't, I need to, I need to get better protection for one. Um, mm-hmm. Got bear spray. And then when we moved here, I sold my gun. So got to get another one. And now I got to yep. figure out what toy I'm going to get. Cause Dude, there's some yep. fun guns out there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, there are. I would get something with, so, some, with some punch for sure. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, and that's the crazy thing because I've been doing a lot of research on like the uh, 10 millimeter versus, you know, like a uh, 45 or whatever. And, mm-hmm. you know, people are like, well, you have more bullets in the 10 millimeter. So that's nice. If you do a revolver, you know, in the other, then you only got the five or six or whatever so and then there's shotguns i think i'm gonna go shotguns are just anyway i could talk about that part of it all day long so i uh so when we went camping not too long ago I went with my daughter and my sister we went down to seward and camped out there and uh i just did like ramen noodles because i was like i don't want to do anything too messy too smelly to yeah. you know trash kind of laying around so yeah, I'm going to have to work on that. And I think it'll be easier to cook from do a bigger meal when I've got more than just me going, mm-hmm. you know, so there's more people, there's more noise, there's more this, there's more that. 
you know, I'm faster than probably most of the people I'm going to camp with. So yeah, I'll just outrun them. That's all that matters. <laughs> Sleep with my shoes on. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but yeah. Um, so now the FJ, anything new with the FJ, are you going to do anything new with it or is it just like as parts wear out, replace them? Yeah, so there's some of that. I am going to do some new stuff with it uh, because of the Land Cruiser actually coming out. There's so many people that are paying attention to like the new features. And um, some of them do look very appealing for anybody with an older vehicle. And so I did a poll on the channel and uh, 90, what was it? 94% of uh, the, and I got like 300, um, 300 people cast their vote, which I was wow. very surprised by. Yeah. But 94% of them are like, I'm keeping my Toyota until the wheels fall off. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to do a series uh, as best as to the best of my abilities. There's certain products that I've seen. I'm trying to work with those companies on getting those products. A few of them are already on the way, but I'm going to do something like a, a res very respectable sway bar disconnect system from, uh, from alpha. And then um, let's see, I'm going to do possibly like an infotainment, uh, upgrade sort of a thing and then what else was i thinking of course now that you're you're questioning me on this i have like several different things oh i'm going to do a power brake system on it um not the full-fledged okay. power brake system but what but one that's a little bit more affordable and is like a is a very high-end upgrade still and so anyway i'm going to do some things this winter that are just focusing on the older vehicles and if you want to get some of those modern features in your older toyota yeah, or nissan or whatever you got and so yeah, so the, the sway bar disconnect is something I'm excited about because a lot of guys just just throw it away, get rid of it. But when you got a, a a top heavy vehicle like mine and you drive in the mountains, it's not a fun experience. So we've kept the sway bar on. I've tried cheaper sway bar disconnects, and all they do is grenade your CV axles and stuff. They tear the boots. And so I have um, I'm basically a tester for this new disconnect system but i'll be i'll be doing a full video on it all this stuff will be separate videos and then i'll probably put out a full video of everything that i did but anyway so i am planning on doing some stuff to the fj very excited about cool. it yeah. yeah and i mean as you grow and get more and more sponsors i'm sure there's going to be somebody that's going to reach out a year from now two years from now and like hey look we got this new fj part we don't love your FJ. Yeah. <laughs> you know that whole thing so and then also i mean it'd be cool just to keep like i wish that i still had my liberty I know how dumb that sounds. Not that I'd want to wheel it, but that it was my Liberty that got everything started and right. it was dying. I had to get rid of it or take it to the trash heap um, or put $20,000 into it, you know, or something yeah. and uh, to keep it going. But it's going to be cool because I'm a legacy guy. I want, I want the long run in this whole, in the whole outdoor experience that we're doing, whether it's still called overlanding 15, 20 years from now, I want to be around. I want to be, Part of it and i hope that right. i am but how cool would it be to be at expo 40 year reunion and drive up in the fj oh yeah for sure and, <laughs> you yeah, know it's like not going ah, anywhere ah, <laughs> yeah. you know it's gonna be no, a classic be... and there's just something yeah. cool to them and they've they've always been i've always thought they've been cool but uh you know they didn't really catch on for a while and as soon as people liked them they stopped selling them but there's there's cool yeah. things to it now too uh, with all the hybrids and the turbos coming out and everybody's like always oh, want this v6 the thing about the engine that's in the second gen tacomas the fj cruisers and the what are we on now the fifth gen forerunners it's the one grfe and that engine is the only engine from what i've read is the only engine um the uh 
the UN, the United Nations, will allow in their Land Cruiser 70 series if it's going to have a gasoline vehicle uh, engine. They really? have a diesel. They have the diesel variants, which are most commonly used. But if it needs a gasoline mm-hmm. version, the 1GR, the current most updated 1GR, is the only engine allowed in it. So it's like there's kind of a cool factor to having a vehicle with that. So if you have a Forerunner or the second yeah. gens and stuff, there's something neat to it, and it'll be around for a long time. So I do plan on putting an engine in it in the next couple of years because she's starting to smoke a little bit. And uh, I just don't trust it anymore. I might be taking it back to Baja next yeah. year. We'll see if I've got the new, oh. see how the new vehicle's shaping up um, in time for it. But um, but anyway, but yeah, I do plan on keeping that thing around. It's, it's a cool truck. And so it's going to get some more beating on it. Yeah, gotcha. Well, cool. Now, I know that they had talked about re-resurrecting or maybe people were just hoping that they were going to bring back the FJ land cruiser like a new version do you think that's kind of what the two door is going to take place of so that yeah have we have we lost all hope on yeah i, th- I think so FJ as we know it i think so i think the the new land cruiser being that you can get the round headlights and it's the same designer the the exterior designer is oh, the really? same guy that was yeah. involved with the fj cruiser there I are think some the parallels land- i guess yeah yeah for sure which i personally I'm used to the FJ. I like the new Land Cruiser with the rectangular headlights myself. I think it looks that's my favorite one. Cool. But um yeah. the new one, the the shorter wheelbase one, and and that's what the FJ is essentially. It's a two-door Prado like I was talking about before, but they put a different body on it. So the new one's going to have the rear mounted spare tire and everything as the new Land Cruiser mm-hmm. four-door does not have that. So I'm sure that's mm-hmm. what they're doing and then also we still have the Forerunner, which is confirmed to still be coming. So it's interesting that the thrown SUVs around like this, it's kind of confusing, but at the same time, they're the best selling segment. So it makes sense that Toyota's yeah. like, well, if they're selling this good, let's just give everybody a bunch of options. So, uh, so, so, so do you think Toyota's going to hurt itself by having the forerunner in the same kind of competitive market price wise as the Land Cruiser? Cause your high end forerunner is going to be where the low end, like they're going to overlap, aren't they? Quite a yeah. bit. Yeah, I think so. It's going to be interesting. I know the Tacoma and the the new Tundra were both U.S. designed for like the first time. Like the, the Japanese, of course, always approve of these designs and stuff. But the new yeah. trucks are, are, this is the most input we've had on the exterior designs. And it's probably why they've grown and stuff like that. So I'm curious if if the new 4Runner is going to have some of that going on with it as the... Um, as the land cruiser still that like Japanese styling and, and the land cruiser doesn't have all that much uh, ground clearance. I think it's only, what is it? 8.1 or 8.3 inches versus the new Tacoma has like 8.7 or maybe it's even 9.1. I don't think it's that much, but anyway, so if the forerunner comes out and it's got slightly more clearance, then they might market. Oh, the land cruiser is our overlander. The forerunners are off-roader who knows what they're going to yeah. do. But as far, all the information that I've collected and um, I've had some pretty good, contacts within the industry the automotive industry that have shared all the tacoma stuff with me over time the land cruiser stuff anyway um they're saying that uh it's definitely 100 still getting a forerunner it's just a matter of time before we see the thing so do you think the price of the forerunner will be readjusted any or do you think it'll be pretty consistent with what it's been the last couple of years so it's hard to say um i know I know with the Tacoma, a lot of people are seeing this and they're like, oh, it's going to be a $70,000 vehicle. Maybe if you're buying from a place that's doing the markups, which my best advice is be willing to buy a plane ticket and fly somewhere to a dealer if you have to, because it'll be cheaper than paying that $10,000 markup 
Um, and just don't do that. Don't support the dealers that are doing that to us. Like as a whole, there are people that pay that. I'm happy for the people that can afford that kind of thing. But uh-huh. so many dealers have gotten away with it that they push it. Anyway, point being MSRP wise, from what I'm collecting on the whole Tacoma thing, of course, numbers are not out yet. But because the Tacoma now shares more with the Land Cruiser, more with the Toyota Hilux than it has since the 90s, basically they're able to uh, make the production costs less because now yeah. they're it's, it's not like the United States had to develop, develop this for our truck. There's so many shared parts that they can rule out a lot yeah. of the R&D. And so the pricing might not be that much, like much as much as people are expecting it to be. So the forerunner might not change very much either. Is gotcha. kind of what gotcha. I'm thinking. And I would assume it's so, going to be the four cylinder with the hybrid as well. So is the rumor, do you think the rumor is true that you're going to be able to put a Tundra front end on a Tacoma or possibly a forerunner? So yeah. And, and like and, Nissan does. Yeah. And I've been waiting to see on that because it's very obvious from my time around the engineers at the expos and stuff this year that, um, mm-hmm. sorry, serious listening to me for some reason. Um, my time at the expo around the engineers, it is very obvious how much they've paid attention to what people are doing to these trucks. And I yeah. think they they've, so on the new Tacomas, they all have a wider stance, but it's, it's the wheels. So a lot of people were disappointed. They're like, well, they should have given us long travel or something like that. Well, being that these are all on the TNGF, TNGAF platform, I'm very curious about what you're saying. And I know Nissan's done this in the past. And it would mm-hmm. be a very smart move if you can buy one of these things and you can transfer parts over. Because, I mean, that's the first thing like somebody like myself would do. If I could put Tundra yeah. parts on that FJ, and people are doing that currently, you can do a Land Cruiser swap onto a Tacoma or an FJ Cruiser for like the steering rack and stuff like that. You can beef all that up. Hmm. So since there's mm-hmm. such a similar frame, I wouldn't be surprised. I don't know yet. Um, Tinker's Adventure, for anybody that follows the Toyota stuff, there's a guy named Kai Tinker's Adventure. He's the most informative Toyota channel out there. He's so entertaining to listen to because he's just so educated and all that. He's an engineer. But um, got he got up close and personal. He got time with the new Tacoma. And oh, really? he did all sorts of okay. measuring. And, and anyway, he he's going over that. And I think he'll be releasing that video soon. So people can check out that channel. And I think I'll still cover more on these trucks as I get more information. But that guy is, he's the guy to listen to. Definitely. So anyway, there'll be more information coming out. I hope the rumors are true. What we'll see what happens. I think if so, then, then, you know, Toyota has always just been the powerhouse when it comes to the type of off-roading that we do. If you look out there, if you show up at any event, it's, oh gosh, I mean, at least 60% Toyota and then the rest, you know, um, and that's, you know, Jeep and all the things Jeep's probably second, but I never understood why Nissan was thinking forward thinking enough to know that, Hey, let's just make it to where we save, we save money. If we can have parts that can kind of float around, although that's not really a floating around kind of thing. Like you're not stealing part of the front end of a Titan to put on the the frontier. You got to do the whole thing. So, right. But still you're using the same frame. I think that's the key. It's the same frame that they use in the frontier they use in the Titan. So yeah. that's why it works. Yeah. And so the, like the land cruiser should be, ba- I mean, it's basically the same frame because before the land cruiser 200 series that we had, the, the last generation 
Tundra was just a land cruiser truck. It was a massive truck, but it was a land cruiser truck. And then, um, and so now the Tacoma has more so become, they've always been tough vehicles, but now it's more yeah. so become a, a mid-sized land cruiser truck. Cause it's basically, it's basically what the new 250 series is or land cruiser as it's mm-hmm. called here. But, um, but yeah, I wouldn't be surprised to see some of that stuff, man. I think they really thought through Sheldon, uh, Sheldon, Sheldon, um, the guy that was the, the chief engineer on the project. He was, it seems like he really thought this stuff through. And I think part of the reason why they didn't just go ahead, like some of the other manufacturers do and just do long travel or something like that. Toyota's very much, they want safety numbers. They want to score high on all the cards yeah. that they can, but they know that people are going to modify it. So it seems to me like what they did is they did everything they had to, to jump through the hoops that Japan requires from them while making it to where, Oh, you can, the Tundra stuff fits on this. Perhaps, you know, hopefully we see that, or even if it doesn't, we're going to see some cool stuff with the aftermarket, the, that whole program that they have going on where now you can finance all these parts with your vehicle. I think that's going to be pretty cool. We'll see how, how well it rolls out, but anyway. Yeah. How many, how many people get financially ruined because of <laughs> throw it all on there. Yeah. <laughs> do it all. Yeah. $3,000 payment. I can do it. Let's do it. Yeah. Um, wow. So I, I think I'm pretty excited about the Toyota. I want to see one in person. I want to see somebody grab it. The, the Land Cruiser when they come out, see what it looks like whenever it's built. If the renderings that we're seeing are correct, as far as a build out, then they could be the baddest looking vehicles out there. Yep, um, definitely. As far as an SUV, uh, really, just Toyota, we need the Troopy. I know, dude, I want one so like, bad. That's what we need. I've thought about importing one so many times, and I work on old commercial vehicles professionally. So, yeah, just and they're, and they're all, they're not even as old as that. Well, yeah, I guess some of them are. Some of them are 25 years old. Uh, I'm just like, no way. I don't want to deal with it because those old, those old land cruisers, they were mining trucks and stuff. And I just know how, how like the fleet drivers drive these things. And it's just like, yeah. these have not been taken care of at all. Yeah. I, I think if you were going to pull one over, you would have to, you, you'd have to get a refurbished one either from over there or you'd have to bring it here knowing that you're about to replace everything on it. Yeah. There's, um, you know, and that's, that's a hard pill to swallow. <laughs> I forget the guy's name. He's from um, Overland Americas. Uh, oh, man. I almost had his name. It floated right out of my eyes. But anyway, him and his wife, they are importing really nice troopies. And uh, I've seen several of them for sale. I think they have one for sale right now. 40, 40, oh, 45,000. Wow. It's a blue one. But um, from my perspective, if I were going to buy one, I would at least want the ones. And I believe it started in 1998, mid-1998, uh, when they started having a front coil spring. I would at least uh-huh. want that leaf springs. I'm not for the front end. I would not be interested in a leaf sprung vehicle at this point, but, but man, they are just such cool old trucks. They really are. They are pretty cool. And the fact just, that you can put the topper on them that lifts up that just all the things that you can do with them. I mean, they're a van. Yeah. Well, yeah. They're, they're a van. They're a van. And then they have, uh, there's like little things like the paneling on them. You can stand on the hood and it won't dent your hood. You know, it's like, it's built like an industrial truck. Like little things like that go a long yeah. way. Yeah. Pretty cool. They're stuff. basically a tractor. It's a tractor. Yeah. Oh yeah. They they They'd be terrible. Around. They wouldn't be that fun to drive here unless you had the turbocharged variant of the, the one HDT, I think is what the engine is. But 
still they're or designed just don't for be in a hurry yeah, yeah yeah that's for sure <laughs> that's for sure totally totally for sure so uh anyway um what else going on with you you got anything else getting Let's ready see. to happen or just kind of i don't think so man yeah getting ready for the winter and i i have to be honest like i feel the best at the end of a season when i'm ready for the season to be over and that like i've had years where i'm like like when i bought that conquer camper it ended up being yeah. such a hassle to take that thing out that by the end of the season i was like i don't feel Done. like i camped enough well no it was it was like oh it's it came up and i, I was like see. it wasn't really the expense it was just I had to switch between my tent setup and that, and it took time. And I ended up just being like, I'm not going as much. And I like yeah. being at the end of a year and being like, I'm so ready to spend some time at home. And I mean, that'll last for three weeks and I'll be like, where's summer at? But anyway, yeah. it's like a nice feeling. I've got so much stuff to edit. I mean, I've got probably 10 travel videos to put, you know, more than that. Um, I've got a ton of travel content. I've got a ton of cool projects coming up this winter. And whenever I'm not out uh, filming, and the most important thing to me in the warmer months is being outside. So that's why I fall so, uh-huh. I fall so far behind on my editing and stuff. But um, anyway, I get excited because I'm like, now I get to work on these projects and I'm not doing the product stuff and all that. So uh, for yeah. me, I think the most exciting thing right now is just getting back into the editing side of my travel content. Because that's really, where, like I've said before, that's where my heart's at. The other videos perform much better. The, the travel stuff's starting to do better. But uh, either way, mm-hmm. those are the ones that I really like making. They're more of a creative yeah. process. And so I've got some cool stuff coming up with that. Yeah. I, I think with the travel videos and, and the experiences, it's it's we're sharing our experiences. Whether when we're going over gear, it's we're spitting out information. It's not right. we're not always sharing an experience, especially in a case where the product hasn't even come out yet. <laughs> Yeah, right. And we're just gathering all the information we can. <laughs> <laughs> so, yep. so yeah. Um, now, in the in the winter time, do you kind of just do a little bit more? You're you're going to do some editing, but are you planning on doing more gear reviews and stuff like that during the? Are talking about products since you can do that kind of at home? Yeah, definitely. So I'll do I'll do like shop talk stuff. Um, I'm gonna do some like yeah. I think I'm gonna do like recovery gear video because I've never done one of those before. I know they're kind of a popular thing, but I'm getting more and more people as the channel grows that are interested in particularly what I'm using. So um, mm-hmm. I'm gonna do a video on my recovery gear, and then uh, let's see, just like general packing. Like I said, I'm gonna do a series of probably I'm hoping it's gonna be at least five videos of like doing stuff to your your old um vehicle oh lights lights is another upgrade for that by the way i'm gonna do some high-end lights but uh so i'm gonna do a series about that and then i don't know what else it's kind of one of those things that i'll I'll just have ideas randomly and then i'm like oh okay now i have an idea or i'll have some company reach out and they'll be like hey would you like to check this out i'm like oh yeah i'm happy to do that you know that stuff's fun um and uh it sounds like you got enough video from the summer that you're gonna you're gonna be able to still put out consistently yeah some stuff um and just be busy editing right up to the next part of the spring season when what time of the year are you able to get back out so it's not until i would say the desert season because i'm about three hours from moab that probably starts okay. uh let's see March, like mid March usually is about as, and that's still not the best time, 
But um, mm-hmm. l- late March is pretty ideal for getting out there, I would say. So that's probably when I'll when I'll start getting back out there. But the thing is, is I I'm fortunate enough to get out so often, and most of my trips are weekends or long weekends, and then I have the two week trips in there sometimes, like everybody else. But yeah, I have to like. I have to kind of pace myself because I don't want to get burned out by this time of the year. And so, uh, and next year, I think it's going to be fall before we go to Baja. So sometimes even though those weekends are opening up, I'm not necessarily like, Oh, I need to go down there right away. Cause I don't know. Anyway, that's just, that's just how it works for me. But, um, I wouldn't mind doing a snow camping trip this winter. We'll see what happens with that. I tried Mm -hmm. that last year and just ended up being raining, raining on me for new year's (laughs) Eve, which was the weirdest thing. You have to have this, the, fluffy snowflakes falling down like yep. that's the thing you have to have so yeah that's to what plan people want to see it's actually snowing yeah yep people want to see you miserable out there they don't want to see sleet sure. and rain <laughs> well they want to be they want it to be pretty and miserable at yep, the same that's time right that's right yeah because miserable is rain when it's supposed to be snow and <laughs> yeah that sucks that totally sucks yeah, I, so I got here in June and started the new job, and I've gotten to explore a lot of these like uh, dead end roads because you know mm-hmm. I don't know what's down them. So I feel like there could be a treasure down this road. I have to go down it, and that's the bug that we all, the sickness that we all have as overlanders, is that we can't leave a road alone. Right. <laughs> We got to figure out what's down that road. Yes, sir. And uh, and so I have been on so many out and backs off of the, like the, even the highway. So when you get to the Kenai Peninsula, you come in from the Seward Highway and then it connects to the Sterling Highway. And the Sterling Highway wraps all the way down from basically the turnoff to, to Seward all the way around to Homer. And from there, you have roads go off of that road because that's the main road. And you just sometimes they're closed. Sometimes somebody own, own like bought that property and now there's a fence across it. Yeah. So there's a lot of things that kind of suck. Um, but I've still found tons of camping spots because, you know, it's one of those rules. If there's not a sign, you can camp there um, because cool. there's a lot of national forests and wildlife refuge and stuff like that. So, um, there's a road called Mystery Creek Lane, and oh, I want to drive hard. it just because of the name. Yep. Like, I need to drive it just because of the name. Molly was with me and uh, the week that she was here, and we are the month that she was here, and we went up there, and it was closed. Like, oh, man. we had pulled right off of the highway, like right where the sign is that says Mystery, Mystery Creek Road or whatever it is, and... Uh, and we had done a video to where like, hey, what are we about to do? And, you know, she's with me. So we're just kind of having fun. And we literally go 150 yards, turn the corner, and there's a gate. Oh, man. <laughs> I <was> like, <laughs> are you kidding me? <laughs> so we just went uh, in the Cooper Landing area, um, which is beautiful. And we just kind of went and explored. And, you know, there really wasn't at that point, like my whole like thought or plan of the video was done you know like it was just i was like okay we're just gonna shoot some stuff that's pretty like right there's no story there's no story anymore unless it's just that we're lost (laughs) (laughs) so i hear that that gets open during hunting season not sure i want to go camp it yeah during hunting season but i do want to drive down the road because it looks like it's 
it winds a lot and it goes up into some mountains it looks like so it looks like it's amazing but yeah it's a seasonal road and one of the reasons why i found out that it's closed so much is that there is a herd of caribou cool that live like at some point on that road that is awesome like they, they're there all the time i guess um, and so to keep that herd of caribou sustained, they just shut the road down. Makes sense. Cause that's yeah. a big problem so, here in Colorado. With elk. Yeah. Really? Okay. Yeah. It's a, yeah. They, they, they found for a long time, they were thinking it was because of, um, diseases or overhunting or something were some of the theories. And what they discovered recently is because there's so many hikers here in Colorado that in the early season, when people are hiking, because what will happen is you have these depleted animals over the course of winter where they haven't been able to eat. So when mm -hmm. people come up on them, of course, they're like, oh, my gosh, it's an elk. So they want to walk up to it. Well, the the cow will abandon its young. It'll just start running. Oh, really? And, and it's nature's way of preserving the mother that can reproduce. So the mother will run yeah. away and possibly and she'll run until she's depleted. And so she'll lay down and literally forget die. that, baby. Get yeah, eaten. Well, yeah. I'm done. <laughs> Yeah. And so the baby will get abandoned by its mother. It dies. And then the mother yeah. runs off and she's so depleted from winter. She lays down and dies. And so then and it's a very common thing apparently. And so gotcha. anyway, wow. new study that they'd done. So it's probably, it's probably best for the caribou, but I tell you what would be cool out yeah. there uh, would be, I guess not during hunting season either, but to go out there and see if you could find some antlers, find some sheds from them. Yes. That'd be so cool. The caribou and the moose, like, finding all of those like that's i can't like if i don't find one next summer which probably isn't a shock because i think it's pretty rare to find them yeah i gotta find out what season i need to go because i don't think they last long like i think when they drop they're found really really quick because there's so many people hiking and and yeah and like they've that. got dogs so, that are trained on them yeah yeah so but like my boss we have, he has a English mount of a moose cool. in our lobby. 68 inch span. That's crazy. He, so he almost got in the permanent book, which I didn't know there was such a thing. He's in like a three-year book. Like they do a book, they refresh every three years and you're on a three-year list. And then after your three years of being in the book, you're taken off. But if it reaches a certain length or a certain width, then you're in the forever book hmm. after all the calculations. And after all, like you have to send them to somebody that's trained in all the points and all the things he was three quarters of an inch shy. Oh, no way. Really? <laughs> and then what makes it worse is the guy that did it was like 90 something years old and probably shouldn't have been doing it anymore. Yeah, definitely. And they have a feeling that he miscalculated something. Oh no. The points off. And then at that point, it's already shrunk. It's already dried up enough that he oh, was like, so I can't, can't get it re. Right. Yeah. I, I mean, it's, it's not, it's not at its full width, you know, full, you know, width anymore. So he was like, yeah, he was like, I just had to let that go. Some you of the moose in Alaska look like they look like dinosaurs. How big some of those things are. It's Dude. crazy. So the boys, Sarah's boys, um, I had to take her to get her vehicle, uh, get the brakes worked on and some other stuff and take her to work and then come back to make sure the boys got on the bus. So they're standing in front of our house and our bus stops like four houses down. I was like, what are you chicken heads doing? Like, come on, man. 
And they were like, got in the truck and I'm aggravated because they're not down at the bus. This is the one time you got to do this on your own. You messed up. And so we get down there and they said, that's where the moose was by the basketball court that's at this house. And I was like, I'm sorry, what? They were like, yeah, there was a moose. That's why we weren't, th- weren't down here. And I was like, well, then you guys did the right thing. Good job. Good job. <laughs> Although I could see them both running down the street, which is what you're not supposed to do. Yeah, definitely. Um, but yeah, so we had we had a moose. That was, uh, was that this week? I think it was the beginning of this week. And then we had neighbor told us that we had a moose and a calf and she's pregnant. Had a moose and a calf walking down her street, just walking down it. Just here we are. Man, I've heard moose can be more like there's more problems with people and moose than there are with people and bears. Like people get yeah, they're scarier. Yeah, they, they're well, they're scarier and they can't see very well. And so um, I've had a run in with a moose when I was elk hunting because we were calling and it thought it was just we it thought we were an elk in its territory, and I was with my oh, friend yeah. man. And that thing, we, we heard it coming through the trees and we thought it was an elk. We're like, this is going to be great. And this mo- this bull moose came through, dude. And it was terrifying. And this thing was looking around for us and it couldn't see us. And we had to take our chance to get out. And it, ch- it chased us through the trees. It was a pretty unique experience to say the least. They can be mean. Yeah. So you're supposed to zig and zag right before yeah. they get to you because they can't move side to side and then hide behind a tree because they can't see. Yeah. So that makes sense. Hide behind something. There's a video of a guy at work. I'm not going to say his name, Markle, but he went and tried to touch a moose and it's on video. Oh no. And then it came running after him. And it's not the first time he's done it. The video and it's snowy, like there's snow and he's tall. So he's long legged. So that's good for him. But uh, the thing came running after him. So he jumped out of the way and the guy videoing it's laughing and, all that kind of stuff. And then it comes charging at him and he drops the camera and falls in the snow, picks the camera back up and it's back on Markle and they're running around. Like he's running through the trees and it's taken after him. It's like, you guys are idiots. No, thank you. (laughs) I had a dream before Sarah said that we were moving up here, that a moose chased me in in a town, wherever, whatever town I was in, chased me in a town and I jumped into a uh, dumpster. Mm. And that he couldn't get me in the dumpster. Yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah, it's actually a pretty good escape plan. <laughs> man, I wasn't sure because he was pushing it around pretty good in my dream. And push it around all but he wants, man. You got four wheel, think, wheels to roll on. I think it was literally two or three days later. Sarah was like, "Hey, I applied for a position in Alaska." So, oh, really? So like, your day's coming. Weird. That's happening. <laughs> that's happening because I believe that that kind of the dreams kind of do weird things. So, oh yeah. Well, uh, cool, man. Um, no, you're good. Oh, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to okay. say, no, I'm, I just, I'm, I've, I've had those experiences before for sure. I've had yeah. some weird dream experiences. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, cool, man. I love having you on. And, uh, you know, anytime that you got something going on, just let me know and, and we'll get you back on here or anytime that we need to talk about, you know, critters that I need to look for up here. Okay. I still have mushrooms that I need to send pictures to you for because awesome. you're my mushroom guy. I don't know yeah, anything for sure. about mushrooms. That one that I sent you that was growing on the side of the tree. Yeah, I wasn't sure that what one? that was. Yeah. It's like it was puffy. Well, I went back and saw it a couple days later and it was still there, but it was three times as big. It was huge. And it mm. looked like if you touched it, it would pop. And oh, I don't know what. Puff. Yeah, it could have been just a puff ball, but it didn't it didn't okay. look like that to me. There's some that like dry up, they grow and they uh they get round. 
and they'll dry up. And when you, if you step on them, they'll like their, their spores are like a dust that flies through the air. And so I wonder if it well, wasn't it was so weird. This was on the side of a tree about right. three and a half feet from the ground, maybe four yeah, which, feet from the ground, which I've never seen the, the puff balls do that kind of stuff. So anyway, so, yeah. hard saying, I'm sure you got, got all, all sorts of stuff, of stuff up there. Here. Yeah. What I do recommend to you before we get off here, since you're you're exploring some of these roads, you have a Delorme inReach or a Garmin inReach or something like that. Oh no. You really should invest in something. No, like I know. That. Okay. That's a good idea up there. Yeah. Because like yeah, here in Colorado, I can get as stuck as I want and I can wait around for an hour and eventually somebody's coming down that road. Man, for you, it might be that might be it. <laughs> you need to plan in ahead. The peninsula, buddy. It's not, in the peninsula, it's not so bad. And there's enough. Okay. There's a lot of four-wheeler side-by-side action up here. Um, okay. In fact, on the sides of the roads, like you've got your main road, it's paved, but on the side, each side, instead of a uh, sidewalk, there's two tracks for four-wheelers. Oh, okay. Well, that, and well, you'll that's see cool. kids just bringing down the, down the <laughs> side of the road. Neat. And it's not like it's just straight and flat. It's like it takes every advantage of the terrain and it'll go like straight up into the side of the mountain or side of the right. hill and then come back down. And so I'm just like, I guess we're going to have to get some four wheelers or side by sides to go have That's fun cool. Alaska style. And <laughs> then, uh, and then I showed Sarah the, what is it? The expedition from Polaris or whatever they're calling it. Yep. The, uh, the new side by side that's like enclosed. Have you seen it? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I have. I saw it at the expo. I got a rooftop tent on it and all kinds yeah. of craziness. Which it's, it's we the talked about that cheap. years ago. Yeah. Like how cool it would be and how far you could go with a smaller, more nimble vehicle. Um, See, you I could go didn't. farther, but you can't at the same time because you can't get it on the, the highway. Gas. Well, well gas and also you can't drive it anywhere. Well, yeah, you'd have to take it somewhere and drop it and right. drop your vehicle and then go. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't know. I guess each is. Yeah. Cause me and my buddy were looking at him at the Overland Expo in Colorado and uh, he's super into side by sides. And I was just like, I just don't see it. I don't, I don't understand. Like, and they're the cost of a Jeep. I was just like, this is crazy. Well, Why here's would... the deal. If it's somebody else's, I'm going to have fun with it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Certainly. So pedal, like a pedal to the floor. Yep. Give it to me. I'm going to tear down the road. I'm going to hit the little jumps. I'm going to do all the stuff I shouldn't do in a moped. Don't video me in the moped. Please. It's not going to be pretty. Not going to be pretty at all. Well, cool, man. Um, Yeah. Thanks for coming on, man. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's always cool hanging out with you. Yeah. Well, cool. Yeah, uh, I plan on, I'll be down there during Christmas in Oklahoma, but I think this spring, I'm going to try my best to go to the Moore Expo um, if I can make it down, depending on how our seasons go as far as work. Um, yeah. But I know he's like, wintertime, go down to the lower 48 all you want. I'm like, but it's wintertime. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's all terrible. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's pretty rough. All right. Well, thanks. Tell everybody again where they can find you on all the social medias. Uh, Independence Overland on YouTube, Independence Overland on Instagram, TikTok. I'm on kind of uh, independenceoverland.com is where you can get the cool, the cool shirts like this. Right then, on. Um, yeah, pretty cool stuff. And then, um, but yeah, YouTube's my primary focus, and that's where all the good stuff is. So everybody can check cool. me out there. And I appreciate it.
Right on. Well, thank you so much, everybody out there. Thank you so much for watching. If you're watching this on uh, YouTube or I guess StreamYard even, or not StreamYard, uh, Spotify. Spotify? Am I saying that right? Yeah. Yep. Dude, the StreamYard and Spotify have got me messed up sometimes. So <laughs> um, anyway, uh, if not, it's on all the platforms as far as podcasts. So thank you guys very much. And whatever you do, make sure that you go all over. Thanks, guys. Take care.